0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 54 subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica Perez is on a well-deserved vacation this week, but joining us in her absence is Cam Harless of the Mad Ones podcast. We are themadones.com. Is that correct, Cam, where people can that find you if they
1: want to check out your work? That is correct. It's also on youtube.com, the Mad Ones, every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. if you want to check that out. We have a special guest every last Wednesday of the month and they may know it know that person because that person is you
0: it is always have a great time hanging out (laughs) with y'all on your podcast always fun gets a little wild sometimes okay on to the top story of the day which Is the alleged Russian war crimes, the atrocities that are being reported all across the mainstream media today, images have surfaced. That's the way it's being put. Images have surfaced that allegedly show the bodies of civilians tortured and killed by Russians in the Ukrainian town of Bucha. Mass graves are also said to have been discovered. A spokesperson for Zelensky said that we found mass graves filled with civilians. We found people with their hands and with their legs tied up and with bullet holes in the back of their heads. They were clearly civilians and they were executed. We found half burned bodies as if somebody tried to hide the crimes, but they didn't have enough time to do it properly. To back up this statement by the Ukrainian official, we have seen satellite images being circulated by the mainstream media that allegedly reveal a 45-foot trench in Bucha, where the mass graves were found. More on those images in a moment. Russia dismissed these images as a stage stage managed anti-Russian provocation and a Russian official said that the mayor of the town made no mention of the atrocities a day after the Russian troops left last week, but two days later, scores of bodies were photographed scattered in the streets. And I believe the mayor may have been found dead too. I think I might have just saw that in the headlines, but I need to fact check that. Okay, so the sources of information that we're getting here, the main sources are the Ukrainian official statement followed up with, to show the vastness of this mass grave, satellite imagery. Now, here's the problem with this satellite imagery as evidence. It was taken by a company called Maxar. Now, I covered this Company last week on the show, and I will link the show in the show notes so you can hear a little bit more detailed explanation of them. But Maxar is a contractor for the Department of Defense. They are a company that was built in coordination with the United States government. They don't happen upon circumstances and then take journalistic images and put them out there to reveal the truth. They are told where to go, when to go, and what to take photographs of. And The U.S. media circulates. If you see satellite imagery in the U.S. media, it's almost definitely going to be from this company because they provide all of their images for free to the mainstream media. And the media, according to a report that we covered last week, they will copy and paste the full database of this company without questioning it at all. So this is a top-down controlled operation that has not been questioned by the media that is spreading them around. They also have a clear agenda in their mission statement as well. So we have two sources of information that are definitely going to be biased and definitely have an agenda. That does not mean that atrocities don't happen or that atrocities are not true. We do know that there is a history of atrocities that are faked and staged for the purposes of exaggerating the evilness of the enemy in order to win support of the public and the various publics to support a war. And the backlash of these atrocities has been that the West is amplifying their calls for a war crime investigation at the international level and more sanctions, obviously. The the EU is ready to send in an investigative team and the U.S. as well as 40 or more countries are working together to investigate possible violations and abuses after a passage of a resolution by the United Nations Human Rights Council to establish a commission of inquiry. There's also a probe by an international criminal court and Zelensky went to the site today and said that this needs to be recognized as genocide. This is leading to I've talked about this in the past as well I'll link the show a Bryce Report-like commission. The Bryce Report, if you haven't heard of it, it was also called the Committee of Alleged German Outrages, and it was published in 1915, and it was used to gain support for the World War I effort. It was seen as a major propaganda from the British used to influence the international public opinion regarding the behavior of the Germans who had just invaded Belgium. It was the first publication from the War Propaganda Bureau in the Wellington House, and it is said to have had a profound impact on public opinion and the allied countries, especially the U.S., yet the eyewitness testimony that was published in the report, which included sensational accounts of mutilations and rapes for which there was absolutely no evidence to support it, these invented atrocities tainted the report in the aftermath and have been made a prime example of, of historical propaganda. And this is one of the first examples of propaganda that I actually study. And that's what this is leading to, in my opinion. The fallout from this is they want this international community to put together a Bryce Report Commission to gain world support for increased intensity of actions, perhaps in World War III with Russia.
1: That was well, a I mean, lot I wouldn't be
0: sp- but take it, take it, take it away.
1: <laughs> there is a lot to digest. But one of the things I wanted to mention is the last time I was on the propaganda report with Monica, we looked at the pictures of the bomb that went off somewhere. I can't remember exactly where in Ukraine that was allegedly a bomb from the Ukrainians. And we talked about the pictures that were on the Internet. And she was like, you know, I haven't looked at these too deeply. I'm not sure if they're real or not. And I, I told her, I've looked at these. And I was the kid who was curious about the, I had a dark curiosity when I was younger. And so when you see pictures of dead people, like really dead people, it's, if you've seen them before, you know what you're looking at. If you haven't seen them before, you can very easily be Buy into any kind of photo that you see. So when you're talking about this, I went and looked at these pictures that they have from Buc- Bucha, Buka And I'm not saying they, they aren't real. I think that someone took the photos. But what I'm saying is if you look at these, these look far more staged. That's the problem, though. It, you're right. It's tough to tell especially if you don't have
0: experience looking at it. And when you have a history in the world that we live in of countries staging events, staging images in order to get their opinion to be accepted by the public, then it's hard. Like For this war specifically, we already have a number of stories that have come out that have been proven to be either out of context, staged, or just completely false. And the media is even admitting that. They're just telling us that they're doing it for our own good because they're trying to demonstrate what's actually going on through these fake images, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not when we're so used to getting lies thrown in our
1: faces. Well, and and just looking at these, there's this one photo that they have on this video here, and it is such a well-composed and artfully taken picture of a dead person on a bicycle, but there's no photo of the head, right? And then you take a look at these other pictures, the heads are covered in every picture that I'm seeing here. And I'm sorry, but when people die and their bodies are moved, I, I – I, on first glance, I do not buy these photos is all I'm trying to say. I don't buy them at all.
0: And you have <laughs> no idea when and where exactly they were taken. Yeah. Which we've seen it, there's it, been photos used from years ago that have been yeah. said to be of this war that later after people who saw them and believe them – so after the impact is made, it doesn't matter – A million people see an image. Two weeks later, it finds out they're staged. Most of those people are never going to hear that and the impression is left. And like something to think about here also is that this gives Zelensky and the West exactly what they wanted to do before this story came out, which is to justify the use of harsher actions against Russia, more restrictions, more sanctions. And this is exactly the type of story they need in order to justify doing that. Now, does that mean Russia didn't commit it? No, not necessarily. But is it in Russia's interest to do something like this? You wouldn't think so. Not, not to say that war is logical. Of course, yeah. people could do something completely illogical, but it doesn't seem like it would benefit Russia to do this.
1: It seems like all of the reports that I'm seeing would be things that Putin himself would consider um, dishonorable. And if there's anything that you th- you can pull off of the person of Vladimir Putin when he's talking about these things is that he wants to be seen as honorable in some way. And so these reports that I'm seeing, which I'll I'll mention some of them in a second, um, I don't think that reports to the character that he's shown. They're trying to make him into something that I don't, I haven't seen in the past. Something that's it's always been stuff they say he does this, but there's never any full on true proof behind it, you know. So like, yeah. why would I why would I buy this? But one of the things it does for Ukraine is these. I'm going to be sarcastic here, so get ready these pretty little pictures of death, do you know what those do? They relate to the American public that it's, this is a worthy thing to to fight for, to stand for, right? Mm -hmm. And so that means when Congress wants to send them $300 million in armaments, the American public has no problem with this. The Ukraine wants those sorts of weapons that can cause genocides and it's like, like, if, I'll I'll talk about the list of some of the things they're they're looking at later, but it behooves them to have pictures like this.
0: Th- this is just like George W. Bush Senior, not George W. Bush, George Bush Senior, going around and speaking at state after state, presenting the Nahara testimony, the babies being pulled out of incubator story, in order to yeah. get support for the Gulf War, which was, which that got that won them support for the war. It was determined afterwards that. Many of the congressmen and women who supported it, supported it based on that story, which was proven to be made up and staged. This is Zelensky. Mm. This is the international community using these photos, going around, trying to win that
1: similar kind of support. Well, yeah, and, and Zelensky wouldn't be trying to make these. That's the thing that's so interesting about what's going on right now is a lot of times when you've seen a lot of these pleas from other countries for help, it's been they have gone to Biden to and talk to biden or the president at the time or whatever but these are all direct calls it seems to the american people from a foreign dignitary like it's very in my from what since i've been paying attention it's very different because it's direct please to people
0: yeah it's directly to people and it's done in a way where they're trying to appeal to you're right the american sentiment of course they have the propaganda in various countries they're delivering this type of stuff to other countries as well. Zelensky's going to place after place, not just the US Congress but going to talk to the to the British, to uh, I think Finland, to other countries as well. And they want it's almost like they want World War 3 here. That's what it seems like it's going for. A lot of similarities between what the lead up to World War 1, which I'm going to bring some of that tomorrow, but tell us more about that 300 million dollar military hardware.
1: So I came across another article that says that the United States has promised $300 million worth of goods to Ukraine on top of the 2.3 billion that's been promised in a security commitment to Ukraine since Biden took office. So on top of 2.3 billions, we're now up to 2.6 billion for Ukraine. And so this is what Biden is promising them, okay? This is why I said this is genocide weaponry. Uh, it includes laser-guided rocket systems, um, drones, you know, the, the kind that we, the United States blows up weddings with, Puma and counter-unmanned drones, armored off-road vehicles, ammunition, machine guns, night vision devices, and more. I don't even know what's in the and more. But it's like these are the kind of things that cause devastation that if Russia showed these pictures, the American people would be on their side. They want us to do their business, but they don't want it. They, they they want to be able to do the war crimes themselves, I guess. I don't know. All I know is that when you start reading through these propaganda pieces, you've got the pictures that when I look at them, my first thought is this looks staged. Secondly, you have these little stories here and there. like One of the claims that I saw in a Guardian article is that Russia is using rape as a weapon in Ukraine. Yeah. So... Russian soldiers are raping women and children all over the place, and that they're now using sexual assault as a weapon. Um, well, you know the rape of Belgium—that's
0: what they called it in World War One—is they it was called the rape of Belgium, which was given to the name of the Belgian town that was pillaged and people were murdered by the German troops during World War One. So they this had yeah. these common themes that they use in war, which at best exaggerates the truth
1: at worst yeah. completely make stuff up well and that's the thing it's it's rape is awful it's something that should never happen and if putin's men are, are raping people they should be the, the wall but this is also happens to be one of those things that there's no way for us to prove mm-hmm. and there's not like you can throw out pictures of people who've been killed and even we question those somewhat because of the framing and the way things things look, but how are you going to prove this? And in in the article that I read, it was like, oh, I've been a part of the the feminist this feminist movement in Ukraine for eight years, and I'm like, that that just kind of shows bias. That right and- there immediately does harm <laughs> to credibility of it. Really does, right? And it's 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 not like I hate feminists and think anything bad should happen to them, but it's like in the middle of this. This thing where you're you're telling about the worst thing that can happen to a person as a means to talk the American, the English, the everyone around the world into doing World War Three. It's like you're that seems like a red flag. Is that not a red flag? It's a red flag to me. And everything moves
0: so fast. With the news and with these stories after story after story about these atrocities, now these images that they throw on screen, images which come from the top down, the United States government for the most part. And then opinions are formed, they're hardened, and this evidence is what creates those hardened opinions. And then that is what's used to justify actions. And then in the aftermath, when things are shown to not be true, and people start to learn that what they supported or what they even participated in was based on a lot of mistruths, perhaps blatant lies, then people start to think and reflect at at a certain sense anyway. That's what happened after World War I, is it was learned that the American public was bamboozled and they became very critical of the news again. But what's happening right now seems to be that people are starting to, at least in, in the sense of Ukraine, are trusting Organizations that have just been lying to us openly over and over again, giving us no reason to trust them, and they might very well regret it if we do end up in a World War III.
1: Yeah, and and the last story that I brought in the Ukrainian section of my notes was there was a Ukrainian journalist, and um, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. The, the show notes are there; you can read the the article if you'd like to. But he he tells this story about how he was kidnapped by Russian soldiers and when he was kidnapped by russian soldiers first off he was called by a friend of his who is also a ukrainian independent journalist and he wants to meet with him and this journalist before he leaves his house to meet this friend of his leaves his id and his phone at his house before going and meeting this guy where he is then kidnapped and turns out the russians had him held made this made his friend call him for a meeting and so throughout this he's they say he's tortured they never say how but they say that the the Russians claimed that they wanted they were going to mutilate him they threatened to kill him and they did it all because they essentially hated the media and wanted to take re- revenge on a reporter
0: so they and he, yeah they have been turning the media into a victim in a lot of the stories that have been popping up
1: but that the so when i read this i'm i try you know like i said I try not to demonize anyone upon first reading, but when I read that this man left his phone before going on this meeting, and then he was kidnapped, that raises a red flag for me. Because if you have your phone on you, what's what's able to happen at that point? Well, somebody can track you or you can call somebody one and two. Right. But he just happens to leave it at home and he's gone eight days. Put through torture, but no one, it just seems a little too convenient to me. I, I just don't know the reason why a reporter would leave his phone before he went to meet with another reporter. Is this not a tool that people use to record things before they write stories and do? Why would he have left it? Yeah, it doesn't
0: make any sense that he, he would have left it. I saw a headline the other day about why Ukrainians are told not to bring their phones with them to places. I haven't read that story. I'm wondering if it relates to that, if that's the explanation, whatever is in that article, that, to be some justification as to what otherwise would seem like an irrational act. I yeah. have no idea why someone would do that. I mean, I get anxiety if I walk outside of the house without my phone, <laughs> and I'm not living in a country that has
1: shelling and war going on. Yeah, it, it, does, it, it just – I, I didn't know about that. So so maybe there's some reason, even if they give a good reason, which I would be I'd be hard pressed to understand. It still doesn't it doesn't make the sound any better, especially at the end of eight days after threatening to kill him, beat him and take revenge on him. They just take him home.
0: Yes. And that they just take him home after that. Right. That is a strange thing for a torture to do is say, you know what, we're done with the torture we're sorry, we're going to go ahead and take you back to your home. Hopefully no hard feelings. That is interesting in the fact that they say they did, or the stories that they claim they did it because of their hate for the media. That sounds very Trumpian, you know, try the enemy of the people. I think that they do try and link a lot of these themes to Trump, especially with Trump now campaigning again. And they want, like, Putin and Trump is a two-headed monster, basically. And they can just transfer yeah. the hate to one to the other. Okay, let's move on to...
1: The Grammys, which I didn't watch. and No one did. Literally, the first time I heard about anyone talking about the Grammys was in a clip about Zelensky.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like what was going on with <laughs> the Oscars where nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew the Oscars were happening that day. The only reason people knew is because of the weird thing that happened there. Now, a lot of people suspected that in the, during the Oscars... That Zelensky was going to show up and that didn't happen. They didn't even mention Ukraine, really, as far as I Mm -hmm. know. But that's because they already had this ready for the Grammys. The Grammys was going to be the forum where they presented Zelensky. And this, honestly, I was starting to waver on my belief that the Will Smith thing was staged, fully staged. But I'm starting to regain strength in that position because Will Smith is a good actor, even though he is having some stuff happen to him which are not positive to him. But I think that's why they didn't mention Zelensky. So yeah, mm. you can tell me nobody's going to mention Zelensky at the Oscars and then it's going to be all about Zelensky at the Grammys. In my mind, that's because they had something else planned for the Oscars, other issues that they wanted to drive home and they didn't want to distract from. So they saved the, Z- the Zelensky stuff for the Grammys. But I don't know. So, here's what happened at the Grammys last night. Uh, They featured Zelensky as a special guest. He popped in via video wearing his army green shirt, unshaven. The one army green shirt, I guess he wears, I'm sure, standing in front of a giant green screen. And he delivered the message to the crowd and the viewing audience at home. And heres he started the message by asking the question, What is more opposite to music? What is more opposite to music? Well, obviously, what's more opposite to music is... The silence of ruined cities and killed people. <laughs> that's the answer to his own question. Last statement that he went on to say, our children draw swooping rockets, not shooting stars. Then he that that's another oh. appeal to American culture, he, sitting around drawing shooting stars as kid while our children are drawing swooping rockets. And then at the end of the about two minute speech, he had a call to action where he said, fill the silence with your music. Fill it today to tell our story. Tell the truth about this war on your social networks on TV. Support us in any way you can. Any but not silence. So that was his call to action.
1: And this is why we will – this is how we will end this war because – I guess people who are at the Grammys are going to make music about Ukraine somehow. They're going to
0: make music so intense that it will cripple Russian bombers. Planes will fly out of the air when John Legend sings. And after his message, John Legend performed his song, Free, with Ukrainian musicians. (laughs) And a poet, a Ukrainian poet, also spoke. And this performance was done as images of the war were shown on them behind the screen. Now, we don't know where those images come from, but this is just... I mean, this is really extraordinary, the way they're using entertainment in such a bold way to push propaganda through. And they <laughs> celebrate him and they celebrate him. They give him a standing ovation. You said before the show that he looks like a
1: supervillain. Well, no, it's not that he looks like a supervillain because he looks like a uh, an angry hobbit. But the, the when you listen to him talk, it's like... If if I were to put a voice onto an uh, a Russian terrorist in an eighties movie, that would be the voice because it's not like a nor it's it's so deep and gravelly. Like it, he just yeah. sounded like a supervillain. Yeah, it, it was just just it's the first time I ever heard his voice because I don't I don't go out of my way to listen to propagandists and talk directly.
0: <laughs> they have him speaking sometimes in Ukrainian and sometimes in English. When he spoke to Congress, he spoke. Part of the time in Ukrainian with a translator, then he spoke in English. So he can speak English, but they strategically have him speak English when he is making these direct, specific appeals to the American people, to our musicians, to our influencers is really what they're targeting there. Edward Bernays talked about this a lot, using entertainers, using entertainment to... Influence the culture and spreading propaganda through them because of their power and influence. And if you read the "How America" how we sold America or something like that, it's a it's a book on it's a, actually a book on the. Propaganda committee—the first ever United States propaganda committee—that was a Creole committee, and Bernays was on it. And they talk about going to producers, going to people in the music industry, and using them very strategically in this very manner. And we also had a World Economic Forum article a couple weeks ago that was saying we need these entertainers in here making the policy with us, not just performing, but next to us with world leaders making policy because they're the ones that have the power. This is just that type of thing playing out, and, and Zelensky himself being an actor just makes it all the more sensational.
1: It's it's just I'm watching this and I know that I'm kind of post propaganda in a lot of ways, you know, like I've I've seen a lot of stuff. I know what's going on here, but it's hard for me to see Zelensky speaking at the Grammys first off, because who watches the Grammys? But after, but like making these direct pleas to Americans to want war and to fight and pay for their war. Like what? It's so it's it's hamfisted. It's so in your face. And it's like my mom sent me a text uh, yesterday and the title of the article was, are Putin and Zelensky both globalists? And I'm like, is this really a question that still needs to be asked? Yeah, duh, (laughs) duh, that's
0: my my starting place is, is is there. And I don't think just because they appear to be in conflict with each other means that they aren't serving the same agenda. Because whether yeah. or not Putin is in this willingly or unwillingly, the Great Reset agenda is being beautifully served and expedited because of this war in the same way that it was through the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: Yep. Well, and and so he, I see the name Louis C.K. on these notes, and I don't know why, Brad. I don't know why you've written down Louis C.K.'s name. I'm sure that you're lying about that and you do know why. I don't. You really don't? No, I I I like Louis CK did some shifty stuff and I understand why people got frustrated even though he asked permission. But like you don't see his name very often and I'm I missed this story. So I I want to know I did why his this name is was here. not
0: widely reported. Louis CK won a Grammy for the best comedy album. Really? Or as the mainstream media put it, every outlet that is reporting on this, they put it, despite having admitted sexual misconduct, Louis C.K. wins Grammy for Best Comedy Album. And then every article that does write about it briefly mentions him winning and then talks about all his sexual assault allegations and everything that happened a few years ago, five years ago. And it's funny because the album is called Sincerely Louis Louis C.K. and apparently it's about cancellation. Which yeah. got canceled roughly five years five years ago. So <laughs> Lucy K is back and I don't know who is on the committee, but I think it's kind of funny that he won one. I have not heard of the album. He's a he's a funny guy. He's a good comedian. It's probably pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean he's like I've been I I heard about this album or I saw some little bit of it at some point, and I've been like, I can't wait to hear this because like he's a disgusting comedian in a lot of ways like do you remember when he was on saturday night live that one time and he made the child molester joke Yeah, i mean it was so dark i don't know how it surprised anybody about what the allegations
0: (laughs) i'd heard those allegations (laughs) about him for like 10 years i knew that from people yeah
1: (laughs) that was maybe the funniest of the me too moments just because all the rest of them were like forcible uh sexual assault grabbing this that and the other and louis ck was like hey you want to watch me do this thing and they're like "Yeah, yeah No, no, I, I didn't want to. I didn't yeah, want this to. This was and it
0: was totally Louis C.K. It was just totally Louis C.K. <laughs> type of. I mean, his sense of humor, the way he talks, you can totally picture that, even though you don't want to picture that.
1: The way he looks, right. he looks like he would do that. Yeah, absolutely, he does.
0: So that was just a lighter side of the Grammys that gets a little bit not, not mentioned. I think it would be funny if right before Zelensky or right after Zelensky they had to present the award to Louis C.K. You got to give that contrast. I tried to find his speech. If he was even there, I don't know. I couldn't find one anywhere. Maybe he wasn't there and maybe there wasn't speech. But I would like to see that if there was one. Okay. Before we get to our final story of the day, where we're going to talk about America's greatest painter, Hunter Biden. (gasps) I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR, which is the six countries that will likely support Russia in World War III and a close call for Greta Thunberg. But before we get to that, be sure and check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash propagandareport. We have a variety of different offerings there, from commercial-free, exclusive content every day that we drop a drive time at News Blast, to Zoom roundtables with subject matter expert discussions and disappearing patron parties where the alcohol can flow. Our tiers start as low as 7 bucks a month, so go to patreon.com slash propagandareport, check out which tier is right for you. This is how we fund the show. put a lot of content on there, and we have a lot of fun on there, we have a great Attractive, highly engaging community as well. So check us out there, patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now on to the final story of the Free 30. George Stephanopoulos, very, very tiny guy who interviews lots of very, very powerful people, interviewed Ron Klein, who is the White House chief of staff. And he asked him if President Biden was confident that Hunter did not break the law. talking about the investigation into Hunter Biden and the Hunter Biden laptop. And this was the White House chief of staff's answer. He said, of course, the president's confident that his son didn't break the law. But most importantly, as I said, that's a matter that's going to be decided by the Justice Department, by legal process, and something no one at the White House has any involvement in. These are actions by Hunter and his brother." The private matters, they don't involve the president. They're private matters. They don't involve the president. They certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in. See, I find that answer interesting because that is not an answer someone who is confident that someone else didn't commit a crime gives. (laughs) He basically says, of course, the president is confident that he did not commit a crime because no one in the White House is involved in the crime that his son committed. I mean, that's, he, he says he didn't commit the crime, and then he says, but just to be sure, no one in the White House is involved. That is, that is Joe's brother. It's Joe's son. We weren't there. We knew nothing about it. So, that's a very guilty-sounding message. And I would also ask this question. Is smoking crack not breaking the law? I think it is. This right here is being talked about now as this is how you're going to get Joe Biden out. And I'm going to point out that right when this thing happened, I left this asset. I think the reason maybe the Hunter Biden stuff, like months ago, um, years ago, actually, I think right shortly after this laptop thing came out, when you're talking about Biden being president, like this could prevent him from being president. Or if he is president, this is something they can put in their back pocket to get him out if they need to. That could be the case here. However, it could also be the case that they are going to do an investigation and find nothing. And then that would give him protection. So I think it could go either way on this.
1: I just thought that that question was so funny. Are are you confident that Hunter did not break the law? And my first thought was yours. He was smoking crack right. in those pictures. He was
0: smoking crack in those <laughs>
1: pictures. He had prostitutes in those pictures. So,
0: at least address that if you're the White House. Say, <laughs> look, look. We all outside of the smoking crack. No, he doesn't think that,
1: or the president doesn't think that smoking crack breaking breaking the law. If that is his position. <laughs> I just yes, he broke the law. Like 100. percent. We know he broke the law. Yeah. Like, be specific of which law you're talking about. Like, is it – I don't – Burisma. <laughs>
0: this brings up – right. This brings up an interesting scenario here because now, now they're talking about the money you receive from the Chinese funds and, and tax evasion and all that and China. Yeah, maybe being compromised by China. So – One of the most entertaining scenarios here would be if Biden was removed because of his son Hunter or some sort of controversy came up. Or if maybe his son ends up in prison and Biden is still president and then he pardons him. That that would be a ridiculous, even hilarious, if not (laughs) tragic outcome. But let's say that that Joe (gasps) is removed or he steps down after his first term because of his son. If he steps down, then Kamala or whoever's going to run. But if he is removed and Kamala is up for being president... Kamala might not get get in. She's so unliked right now. Now, you know how
1: she would do what? Do you know how she would? She would how she'd get in, right? Well, no, because here's this just came to me and tell me if this is stupid, but. okay. so who is Kamala Harris? What is she known for before she was in the Senate or wanting to be. Vice President of the United States. Sleeping
0: her way to the top.
1: She was a prosecutor and attorney general. So she was always the one. She prosecuted people for truancy. She prosecuted people for marijuana possession. And she has pictures of the president's son smoking crack. She has all of these details of all the things that he's done. How is it not her place to then use her prosecutor voice to talk about how she is. Didn't know about these things before she became vice president elect or nominee and how this is important because you know being tough on crime is something that's needed within the federal government how is this not a good way for her to lead the prosecutors towards this in order to make herself the president you know, you're
0: right that makes her puts her in a position to be able to say look i like you said I, I didn't know this was going on but i i think that we need to
1: we need to do something here and I how how strong does she look if she better. if she roots out the corruption
0: yeah See, I wonder if we're going to get to a scenario where that's an interesting thought for sure. That's putting her in a good position for that. I wonder if this is how the wild theory of President Pelosi where if we're going to have a really <laughs> wild outcome, Biden's out, Kamala didn't get in because nobody likes her and then just break give it to Pelosi. I say why not? Let's make it President Pelosi. Let's go the most ridiculous scenario possible so we can we can really live in clown world as we are now. But it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. I have a feeling that it could it could lean towards shielding Hunter. I think you know it could yeah. also it could get Joe out while also shielding Hunter by finding no actual criminal activity, just stuff he shouldn't have been doing, but we will see what the future holds for that. Do you have any closing thoughts?
1: All I'm saying is she has to force his hand at resignation. And yep. so it seems yep. to me that there are a lot of different ingredients in the pot. Between his mental decline, them letting out photos of his, his notes where he was given question and answers and how to answer things completely. This, I think that they have, she has the perfect pot to stir and to work out of is all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you, Cam, for joining us today. Again, you can find Cam at wearethemadones.com and his YouTube page, which is YouTube.com YouTube. slash wearethemadones. Is that correct? It's youtube.com slash themadones. Slash themadones. All right. You guys can find your drive time and news blast every week to afternoon at the or your favorite podcasting platform with the propaganda report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.